Hello and welcome to Conscious Consumption. I'm Isabella Rosley and today I want to talk to you guys about some past issues with slavery in the cotton industry and I want to touch on some current exploitation of workers in the fashion industry and this is something I've been wanting to talk about for a while but I haven't really had the confidence in my knowledge to you know record a podcast on it but I finally just got myself to I guess I don't know I feel like I'm really passionate about this topic so it's time to just talk about what I do now I guess so slavery in the fashion industry started with you know the demand to gather more raw materials to make textiles uh, in larger quantities historians credit Indus Valley for turning cotton into cloth and that's kind of when cotton was no longer just wild it was being planted um the transatlantic slave trade began in the early 1500s when nearly 13 million African people were kidnapped and forced onto European and American ships and basically just trafficked across the Atlantic Ocean. The slaves in America were used to cultivate raw materials that were then sent to Europe to be manufactured. In the early 1800s, the U.S. stopped participating in transatlantic slave trade, but domestic slavery still continued, of course. Um, The demand for cotton was increasing due to its versatility and how easily it grows compared to other materials like silk. And its ability to be printed was more, it was just more economical and they were able to profit a lot more. And I remember my historic textiles professor emphasized the word productivity Uh, during this time um, in my unit, I guess, during the class when I was taking my historic textiles class. So as some of you might know, Eli Whitney is famous for inventing the cotton gin at the start of the Industrial Revolution. And the cotton gin was essentially, the idea apparently was supposed to be this will decrease slavery and it ended up having the opposite effect. So the cotton gin essentially removes seeds from cotton by pulling the cotton through fine mesh. Um, And the machine could produce 55 pounds of clean cotton per day, while a human could just clean about one pound per day. So this was significantly faster, but the invention, the cotton gin, ended up just increasing productivity of preparing and cleaning cotton, which led to, you know, it just forced the rate of picking cotton to increase. So they needed the slaves to pick up their work and speed it up since they could now clean the cotton so much faster they needed to just keep up with that speed. While the way they incentivized slaves to increase um, the amount of cotton they were able to gather each day is by enforcing quotas. So depending on your weight, each slave had to pick a certain amount of cotton per day. And then an overseer weighs it at the end of the day. And if you don't have enough, you receive some kind of physical violence, which, you know, we can't even imagine that now, but um, that was happening to, you know, so many people back in the day, and that was solely because the demand was just there for the cotton, and, like, we wanted everything to be mass-produced. So as the demand continued to increase, the quotas also increased, and normally when the demand increases, prices increase too. But the increasing demand for cotton actually led to, you know, increased supply and the value decreased. In, t- it, in 60 years, it decreased 20%, which is a lot. And 
you know, ads were romanticized around this time for cotton, and they featured happy depictions of slaves picking cotton with their families and friends and just really hid the reality of what was happening in the cotton industry and how brutal it was. And a lot of us think that all of that was happening, you know, so long ago and we've moved on and made a lot of changes and we nothing like that happens still. But slavery is extremely relevant in the fashion and textile industry still. And that's not a reality a lot of people want to accept because that means that we're we're part of that. We're supporting that, you know, and that's a hard reality to face, I guess, as a consumer. But frankly, forced labor is still widely used in places like Turkmenistan, China, and, you know, slave labor is still used for things like making coffee or getting the beans and mining minerals for phones and makeup and, you know, all these profits from this forced labor just goes towards multinational companies and, you know, human rights and environmental laws are starting to be put into place, but they're they don't do that much because it's so hard to track companies' supply chains and companies don't want you to know where they're sourcing their different raw materials from or like wh- who's manufacturing the garments and they some of them don't want to, you know, get tied up um with that stuff but they can't even help it because it's so hard to track and others just want to hide it. But um that's a it's a huge issue right now. Twenty percent of the world's global cotton production is linked to China's forced labor um, in the Xinjiang area, and um, that's a that's a big percentage. But so a lot of companies are definitely tied up in that, and some of them know about it, some of them don't. But either way, it's you know the company's responsibility to figure out where their products are coming from and how they're being made and you know that's a hard thing for companies to really care about but it's something that this industry needs to start moving towards and becoming more um just I guess cautious of that area um and you'd think that companies would want their clothes to be ethically produced but that's just so far off the radars in terms of profitability like that just matters so much more to these people than whether or not these people are the people making the clothes are being treated well on top of that companies need to understand the risk they're putting their company's reputation out for using slave labor labor you know if they're gonna keep putting profit over people well their profit could go down quite a lot if someone you know links them to some kind of scandal with exploited workers um, that are being used to create their raw materials or clothes or whatever. Um, One of the biggest issues right now in that area is with the Xinjiang area of China because I guess over 83 major brands have been involved with sourcing from Xinjiang and in that area they're using forced labor of ethnic minorities such as the Uyghurs um, and they basically um, 
there's been lawsuits that have been filed against um, companies by human rights groups. Um, and a Uyghur woman said she had been imprisoned in Xinjiang. You know, this is happening. People are trying to speak about it and things are like starting to be done. But there's not a lot of news about it. These companies were trying to hide this. And if we don't seek out the information ourselves, we're not going to hear about it. We're not going to find out about it. Um, there's so many different ties to this um, region. And a lot of companies are facing a lot of scrutiny for that. But they're only being faced like only certain people are finding out about it you know it's not big enough where it's like all over our social media because they don't want us to know about it so it's not gonna be there but um there's been quite a few articles that have talked about how Chinese authorities have coerced people into mass internment camps to try to kind of mold of as many as one million Uyghurs and other Muslim minorities into basically obedient workers to the Communist Party and the camps force these people to undergo like different trainings so that they can keep producing in these factories for them and just be obedient and... Yeah, I actually was reading about how one of the last things Trump did as president was increasing restrictive measures on the Xinjiang area because they had been just caught up with, you know, so many terrible allegations that are true, frankly. And they he actually put a cotton band, a cotton import band from this region um, just because of all the forced labor and... People have been trying to raise awareness about this issue for a long, long time. It's very overdue. But it's just, again, it's so hard to actually trace everything. So not that much has actually been done. Um, So I think, you know, one of the reasons I'm talking about this on this podcast is just because when we're shopping, it's so easy for us to not even think twice about who's making our clothes or where it's from. We don't think about the his this historical context of our clothes either and like what people went through to make the jeans that we you know are still wearing I mean there's some Levi's that are really old or whatever I don't know no that's I, I don't know about still but anyways there's um there's a lot of unethical things that are still happening in the industry and we think that we're over it and we've moved on but that's just not the case. There's still a lot happening and we just need to be aware of it. I guess that's the whole point of this podcast, to be aware and be a conscious consumer. And a big part of that is just, you know, supporting ethical labor and the way I guess we can go about, you know, this new information is looking into companies' transparency and seeing if they are like sharing where their products are being imported from. If it says China, then maybe, maybe don't buy, maybe don't buy them. I don't know. Or like if it says, um, or if it just doesn't say a lot or what region, like look into things like that. I know it's not something we typically do, but it could be something we start doing. Um, but also just keeping in mind that like, if something is, if there's a $5 shirt, then 
how on earth could the person who made that be paid like an ethical amount if it's that five dollars accounts for like shipping and you know all those other expenses that go into it yeah so it's kind of I don't know I don't know how to talk about this without sounding like aggressive but it's like come on you don't want to be supporting slave labor because that is literally what you're doing like you we are a part of the problem if we are buying from these fast fashion companies that are exploiting workers they are not being paid enough they're not being being treated well they're not in working in safe conditions they're not you know they're, they're, our value our, of life is so much better than theirs but that's that doesn't have to be the case like we are no better than them we do not deserve any better we are all equals we're all just people roaming this world trying to figure things out and you know we demand so much more with us we don't even accept like a ten dollar minimum wage that like infuriates people but for some reason the people that make our clothes they don't deserve whatever living wage or minimum wage is in their country like that's something we should be thinking about. Um, anyways, I guess before I close this podcast, I wanted to give you guys a little bit of an update with me. I did. I have been we're having really bad allergies. I'm in Colorado right now. And I've never had allergies like this before, but I thought I was sick actually at first. But I've been trying to balance a lot of work and packing up to move out of my house. And also, I want to build my bearded dragon a new enclosure which is so funny. I'm not a very handy person with a, you know, a hammer and nails, screwdriver, whatever, but I'm working on that, trying some stuff out. Um, I'm pl- I want it to have sliding doors and like his new enclosure. And I want it to be like, it's going to be like four feet long by two feet deep and two feet tall. And I'm going to I don't know, I guess I'll go to Home Depot and figure out what I need to buy and stuff. I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos, and I made like a little sketch and a little blueprint. And I've been trying to, I don't know, I'm such a, like, stay busy kind of person. I can't just do nothing, even though I need to, because I'm, like, kind of getting sick. But I don't know, I've just been trying to be a good lizard mom, I guess, or I don't know keep myself entertained I don't know it's been so weird coming back from traveling and just trying to get my life back organized I used to love cleaning and I came back and I don't love cleaning anymore and that's something that's been hard because I like to live in a clean space but my motivation to clean has been dwindling but that's okay I guess I'll work on that I don't know I just have to like flip the switch and get going like the other day I was starting to make a I get to do list, but then I got busy, and then I the next day I was like, you know what? Instead of making the list, I'm just gonna do everything that I would do because it was gonna be like a list of like get, to get done eventually, like take off this sticker that was on the back of my car and like random things like that. And I just like got it done yesterday, and it felt so good. So maybe that's what I'll do the rest of the day today. Just get more things done. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. I hope you learned something new and. Hope you're doing some self-reflections on your consumption habits, as always. Maybe share this with a friend or a coworker, your family, or someone you think could benefit from this knowledge. I'm sure anyone could. Um, yeah, I hope you have a good one.